Welcome to the Be Kind Podcast with your host, Joe Kirkner, presented by the Animal Advocates of South Central Pennsylvania. Welcome, everybody, to the Be Kind Podcast, part of the Animal Advocates of South Central PA's mission to create a more compassionate and loving world for all living creatures, whether or not they like to paint with soft tones, watercolor, sculpture, um, interactive art, live theater. All animals are lovable and deserve to be loved, and we're here to make that a thing. And why am I talking about art and all things like that? Because we are joined by the one and only MCR, Matthew Clay Robinson, today. Hello. Hi there. Thank you for having me. So do you like to go by Matt, Matthew, or MCR? I probably should have asked you this before we started recording. <laughs> well, no, that's fine. Uh, Matt, is, Matt is totally fine. It's a funny thing. The MCR started um, years ago. Students of mine started calling me that because Professor Clay Robinson is just a mouthful. And uh, they if originally, I think uh, South Park was popular at the time. And I'd tell them they could just call me Mclay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <Just say M-clay. laughs> they uh, they eventually made it MCR, and it was very flattering. When I left that school, we had created this art club uh, called the United Printmakers Party. We made it sound like you know it was a something like a revolutionary group of socialist artists or something, like and, a Dead Poet Society. Yeah, yeah, and our our. Uh, our our symbolic hero, our logo for the for the group was Shea Squirrel Vera, a squirrel with a you know like Shea, Shea Guevara's hat, and uh, they had oh it was, it was it was great, and they made these T-shirts when I was leaving. It was the most uh, flattering thing when they all showed up. You know, I see kids all over campus wearing these white t-shirts with i squirrel mcr and uh <laughs> so heartwarming but it's also confusing because people were approaching the students going oh bro i love my chemical romance too uh, <laughs> <laughs> i didn't but, even yeah, think Shea about squirrel, that but yeah <laughs> yeah no shea squirrel vera was a great great um you know that was a awesome mascot for the group <laughs> nice I think by now listeners could have gathered a few details about you, but could you tell us a little bit about what you do, who you are, and uh, your relation to veganism and your vegan journey? Sure, yeah. So, you know, that story I just told, that was my first printmaking professor gig, and that was the the track that I was on for a number of years until I took a a a slight detour turn into the gallery world Um, and right now my role at york college is gallery director every now and then i will teach i have taught printmaking there but but mostly what i do now is organize exhibitions and i i teach classes but it's not the main focus of my job like it used to be but to to rewind as far as my vegan journey is concerned i think i think i was born vegan I was never comfortable with eating any animals. Uh, really, when I first recognized that that's what I was doing, I was horrified. You know, I think growing up, it didn't occur to me. I don't know. I didn't make the connection. I think a lot of kids don't make the connection. It's just what they're being fed. Right. And I think it was like cutting into something and asking, you know, what is this? And having being told like oh just you're cutting through the veins or something you know something like that where i just suddenly that there was a visceral reaction of oh my god this was a living thing 
I'm eating something that was, you know, had a life of its own. And so I, I would ask my parents, like, well, what happened? Why am I, how, what happened to this animal? Why are we eating it? And they would say, well, you know, it died of old age. <laughs> You're really just doing it a favor. <laughs> and, you know, of course, eventually I caught on that that was not the case. And mm-hmm. I felt betrayed and, and didn't want to eat it. But at the same time, I, you know, as a kid, and there, it's not like there were other options being presented. And so it's something that I think I just tried to shove away in my mind, you know, just don't think about it. And I think probably that's what a lot of people do. And the the industry is set up to help you do that. You know, we keep you from seeing it as much as possible and make it as aesthetically pleasing as possible, you know, wrap it. And often you see the logos for these companies are happy, happy right. cows, happy pigs, happy chickens, you know? Right. And they have um, like mascots of like, uh, you know, like pigs walking around with like, you know, bacon or like some kind of like pork product and it, there's a big smile on the pig's face on the mascot and it's like what that's so sadistic yeah, it is <laughs> it, it, it's so when you start thinking about it it's like truly horrifying right um yeah it took me years like i i was uh really what it, i think i've told you this before it was my sister-in-law who was dating my brother mm, who came yes. to thanksgiving dinner and my mom said oh i'll fix you a plate of turkey she says oh no thank you i don't eat turkey mm-hmm. and it was like what <laughs> you know, i just looked at her like wait a minute you don't eat turkey why not she's like well i'm vegetarian and it was mind expanding for me. I was like, wait, that's an option? You can do that? And so I spent some time talking to her about it. And I, and I made the decision right then and there. Like, I am too. That's, and, and it was, uh, I went to lunch the next day with friends. We're looking at the menu and they're ordering. And they're like, what are you going to get? And I was like, I'm not getting anything. <laughs> I'm not, I don't eat this anymore. I'm vegetarian. They're like, what do you mean you're vegetarian? When did you become vegetarian? I was like, I mean, right now, <laughs> like I'm making, I'm pretty much declaring it right now. Gotta start sometime, um, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was, gosh, I mean, that was 30 years ago. Wow. And uh, I've was vegetarian for a number of years, and I got fixed up on a blind date when I was just starting graduate school. It was a going to be a lunch date. You know, the the, the place that we, I said, oh, why don't you choose where we're going to go? She said, uh, well, I have, this is a place called the Flat Top Grill. That's really great. I thought, oh, oh man, this is <laughs> doesn't not sound good. like a good you start. Know, <laughs> this isn't gonna be good, you know. So we get there, and uh, just trying to get to know each other, and um, so oh, you know what I love about this place? It's it was like a Mongolian barbecue type of place. Mm-hmm. You can get you know tofu, whatever vegetables, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> nice. And then the you know waiter comes over and says, uh, well, we have soup. You know, we've got the broccoli cream of broccoli soup or something like that and she said well are there is there dairy products in it and uh i said yes there's you know cream in it so i said oh that's interesting do you are you you know lactose intolerant she's like no actually i'm vegan and i was like yes (laughs) (laughs) nice and so it was kind of like the I, i had already pretty much excluded everything except for rennet free cheese from my diet at that point and so when she said that, it was a similar thing as with my sister-in-law coming over for Thanksgiving dinner. I was like, oh, I'm vegan now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right now, just moving forward. And that was it. Like, I became vegan that day. And that was, gosh, that was uh, 20 years ago. So wow. I guess 10 years of 
being vegetarian followed by 20 years of being vegan. That's so cool because a lot of times you read the articles about 10 ways to transition to veganism or take it slow or things like that, but they never really talk about there is the option to just say, you know what, I'm vegan now. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Done. Going cold yeah, I, non-turkey. That's cold right. tofurkey. <laughs> yeah, cold tofurkey. Yeah. <laughs> cold tofurkey. And I'd be remiss yeah. if we didn't close the loop on this date. Whatever happened to this lovely lady? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, we've been married almost almost eight, uh, let's see, almost 18 years. Wow. So that's coming up in... Uh, you better remember month. this. <laughs> yeah, no. No, it's funny. Yeah, we were just talking about how silly it is when, like, on, in advertising for Valentine's Day or mm-hmm. for anniversaries or something, they, the male is always this buffoon who can't <laughs> possibly remember the date, mm-hmm. doesn't know how to pick out a bottle of wine. You know, like, there's always, like, the... And then they have to prepare this thing for the woman. So Shelly was just saying how, how absurd that is. Uh, <laughs> So I was trying to get the number of weeks. I guess it's five weeks away. Yeah. Wow. From 18 years. So. That's amazing. And our wedding was vegan, of course, which it's funny. I had a friend who had gotten married before me who also had a vegan wedding. And he's like, oh, be ready. You know, I, take, I took so much heat, but we didn't have any problems with that. Nobody complained. <laughs> Not to our faces. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we kept them. We kept them loaded up with booze, so they. Oh well, then yeah, that, nothing to complain yeah. about. That's <laughs> how I make it yeah. to basically every party or family gathering ever. Is just <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> Lots of dancing, and you know, and it was mostly it was mostly Italian, and then we had like you know vegan meatballs, um, oh, nice. which come on, who doesn't like vegan meatballs? I don't know. You know, <laughs> you'd have to be some kind of sicko not to like vegan meatballs. So. <laughs> It was a big hit, actually. People people liked it. Cool. And, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's the vegan journey. And then the journey into teaching, really, I just had a professor that I just loved in undergraduate school who was a great mentor to me. And I thought, I want this guy's life. You know, like, I want to do, I want to be just like him. And that's what led me to pursue wanting to be a printmaking professor. And I do miss not doing that all the time. Like, I love printmaking like Mm -hmm. especially there's something and especially when you are teaching students about issues of social justice printmaking is a great avenue into talking about these things because it has such a rich history and for me i would do printmaking portfolios with my students another thing that's so great about it you you know the nature of printmaking is that you're making multiple images and we would always do at the very end of the semester our final project was a print uh, print trade portfolio excuse me so everyone prints one for everybody else you know you have a class of 20 people then you make 20 prints and then every we make 20 portfolios and everybody gets one from everybody else i would always make mine you know and of course i'd participate you know the professor has to it's <laughs> that's part of the part of the deal and the kids always get really excited about that but I would always make sure that mine was a vegan, you know, like an animal rights message, because then I thought they're going to have this with them forever. <laughs> they'll remember that I talked about these things, right. but they'll also have this physical object uh, to remind them as well. Well, speaking of your prints, I am a little starstruck right now because I have two of your pieces of art in my house. One oh is gosh. called Victory Dance, and the other one is Bad Pork, Long Fork, and they are two oh. of my favorite pieces of art, especially the bad pork long fork one. Oh my gosh that's so funny and those are to- those are both just like i was saying 
trade prints, you know, so I had students who have those as well. Those two, those two, the, the, the strange pork mat, uh, strange <laughs> long fork mat pork was a, uh, huge addition actually. I think you might have an artist proof, which those are always the special ones. You pull out a few artist proofs and then you do the full edition and the full edition goes to the people who are participating in it. But you pull out the artist proofs so that you can, you know, have a few that are outside of that project. And I think that was, if I remember correctly, I think that was like a, an edition of 100. So 100 people also have that image. And I had a problem, though. I foolishly used two different thicknesses of wood for that one. I had two blocks and, um, or no, 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 is that right? I'm, I'm forgetting now how, what happened. Uh, yeah. So, so I didn't adjust the press pressure when I went from one to the other. And it was, you know, it's a lot of, it was, it's a long process. And it was like one of these things I'm doing late and I'm tired and I just missed that one step and I went to print it and I just heard this crunch <laughs> oh, no. and the pressure was too high. It just crunched the block and I had to go back and recarve it and, uh, and redo it. But it was good because the second one, which is the one you have came out. It was better than the first one. I made some changes to it that I had thought were, that were bothering me as I was printing, but it was still, it was like a, you know, God, that's the thing about printmaking. It's, it's great. But it's also can be unforgiving at times too. The the victory dance was also, you know, that was another trade portfolio. Yeah, it's cool that you have those two. I like those both. I believe I got them both at the art sale or art auction at the Hive a year or two ago. Yeah, the Hive, and um, and then there was also uh, the one at Creative York to Creative York West that we had uh, the auction. Oh, yeah. So yeah, thank you for contributing art and oh. artists too. You sent us artists our way for that, so thank you for that. Definitely, uh, which, yeah. I'm so glad Suko uh, got involved with that, which is yes. so awesome. And she's the most generous, you know, just the most generous, amazing. Yeah, she's an incredible person. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you know a lot of other vegan artists in the community? Is that is that a popular you know, thing? Because <laughs> I only you know, know of you and Suko, and like maybe a couple other people it's funny i was thinking about that earlier that i have seen you know i've had students over the years that became vegan while you know being my students and would make some really great images on the subject but then you know they go off and they have lives and um i think they continue to be vegan but they do other things sometimes with their lives and they might still make some artwork, but they don't have the kind of sustained practice that someone like Suko, you know, Suko kind of is the one I think of. I think what the one most people think of when mm -hmm. you think of artists who are dealing with animal rights, it, it's funny if I thought of this sooner, I thought of it earlier today. Cause I, you know, it's just looking at some of the communication that we had mm -hmm. and, uh, and I thought, oh, I wonder who else is, you know, I immediately think of Suko. I should ask her, you know, because I bet <laughs> artists who are doing this work are probably showing it to her a lot. And I know that does happen. You know, a lot of the artists that are making this kind of work will send it to her or show it to her, um, give her a shout out mm -hmm. as being someone that influenced their work. But yeah, I don't, it's not something, 
I think it's something that, like, for me, I will make work about that subject from time to time, but then there are other things I'm also talking about, and that's actually absolutely true of Sue as well. It's just that she's been doing this for so long, and it's such a part of her reputation. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she's, it's something I talked to her about one time, that she has touched on all of these issues that are uh, difficult, that were challenging for her to take on at the time that she took them on, whether it be um, talking about sexual assault in, and talking about um, going way back to the 80s, talking about apartheid mm-hmm. or women's rights, um, militarism, all of these subjects. But it's really the animal rights that she's known for. And I think it's partly that that's the issue that maybe even remains the most divisive in some ways. Yeah. That we've made a a great amount of progress i think in some ways i think as a lifestyle veganism has become much more i mean we have so many more options because so many more people are choosing that lifestyle we there's a growing recognition that it's better for the planet and but at the same time it's still something that is can be mocked easily in the culture you know or or dismissed as radical or something you know in a way that some other issues have have gained traction in in a way that they're not as easily dismissed i guess by the dominant culture i don't know if that's your experience but when i think about her work it's the animal rights images that still get people riled up i guess is what i'm getting at like some of the other ones have become more generally accepted for their statements but the animal rights ones i think can still get at people because uh eating is so personal and right and because i think we like those who uh, she she's exposing something that people would really rather not look directly at yeah absolutely. it's uncomfortable yeah. you know that's something when i show one of the classes i do teach right now is an art and visual culture class and i show them Sukho's work and I talk about like some of the ag-gag laws and this idea of living in a visual culture that hides certain things, you know, that we're not, there's certain things we're not supposed to look at. And you know what the power dynamics are when you're not allowed to look back at something and, and how threatening it is. You know, like the police don't want you to look at their badge or they don't want you to record what they're doing. And right. when that happens, you know you're onto something mm-hmm. or they know, you know that they are uncomfortable with what they're doing. Right. Not, not to paint all police with a broad brush, but you know what I mean? Like right, right. move along, don't look, you know, the, you know. And with the animal, with the animal agriculture industry, it's just, they do not want you looking oh, yeah. at what they're doing. And so someone like Suko, who's been doing it for years, super threatening or, or activists who go into slaughterhouses and show people what's mm-hmm. happening there uh and so it's a really it's a mind-blowing thing for some of the students i think to to see or to think about the issue because it's probably not something they've really given much thought to right and like we said like we were talking about earlier with these happy the happy pig <laughs> who's who's uh, yeah. selling you uh barbecue mm-hmm. Uh, its own singed flesh after it had this miserable existence and then was brutally, you know, killed. Mm-hmm. But it's happy, <laughs> right? It's right. Dancing, and it's only, but you know, that's their kind of. That's been, you know, mainly with the experience they've had with meat. It's just something that everybody does. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. 
And so showing that there's a real effort to keep you feeling that way. And that effort involves not letting you see it. Because if you see it, you're going to start questioning it. Anyway, I don't even remember what the question was. But. <laughs> I was just going along with her ride. That yeah, was all good. Yeah, it was all good. Speaking of your students, I think you actually have a couple of vegan students, or at least oh, yeah. one. And they started some things at uh, your college, correct? Yeah, and that, you know, so we had the that was so neat. Um, we had years ago. We we had so actually, it's funny. These things, the name Suko just keeps coming back up because. <laughs> Because her, we had her come to do the, her Porkopolis show mm-hmm. at the same time that there was this sudden interest among um, a couple students. It was Leon, Le, or Le, as you could, Leo. Yep. They started the York College Vegans Club. And, they, and when they did that, Sue came and we all had lunch together. That was just they I don't think they knew her significance at that time and she's giving them artwork and and then she gave one of her just amazing lectures. She's such a great spokeswoman for <laughs> veganism. <laughs> and then when she came back again, we the, the the club kind of this happens. Things kind of come they they there's a lot of interest and then the students who were kind of driving this the the ship uh graduate and sometimes there's a lull. You have to find students who are willing to take it on. Right. But then we had John Franco, who he was interested. He he was talking to me. Oh, I'm interested in doing this kind of thing. And we were, he worked with me on that uh, big uh, project for the VegFest yep. of reproducing one of Sue's pieces. And she was flattered and thrilled by that. And since then, you know, there's there's other students as well. Actually, one of the coolest stories. Have you met Alex Gray? I don't believe I have. Alex is such a cool, such a cool person. And Alex, I don't even remember. I'll, I do know how. I, I came to know Alex because I mistook him for somebody else. And <laughs> it was one of these embarrassed. This is one of these things where they were both in the same club. And both like non-binary and and it was because of this, I was so mortified when I realized that I had, they don't look anything alike, (laughs) but I sat down, I started talking to Alex as though he was this other, you know, person and, uh, and very politely, Alex is looking back at me and, and suddenly it dawns on me. I'm like, I am talking to the wrong person. And I said, yes, yes, you you are. I was like, I am so sorry. I am so embarrassed. Uh, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. I know exactly who you're talking about. I was with you the whole time. Like I was, I, I didn't miss a beat because I knew who you thought I was. You know, it, it, this is a friend of mine. Oh, uh, it was so it's, it's okay. Don't worry about it. And I appreciated how generous that was because, you know, in some some situations you might, someone might kind of read you the riot act for making that mistake. Mm -hmm. But uh, Alex was super cool about it. And anyway, Alex, so when Sue was coming the semester, I guess that was just last, that was fall 2019. Yes. And we also had another event on campus that semester about, it was one of our sustainability events. And so Alex comes into my office and says, is it true that Sue Coe, is going to be coming to your college. And I said, yeah, yeah. I, I invited Sue to come and lecture. And 
Alex says, I can't believe it. I just can't believe it because this summer I came across this book and it was, oh uh, shoot, it was one of Sue's Dead Meat. It was Dead Meat. So mm-hmm. she she had uh, they had Dead Meat um, showing me Dead Meat and saying, uh, you know, I, I just this this has had such a huge impact on me. Like it never occurred to me that eating animals was such a social justice issue. And like I have stopped as a result of this book, um, and it's something that I'm taking much more seriously now. And then also, you know, there's I, the other book that I picked up that just happened to be like I picked it up. I mean, I literally just saw it on the ground and picked it up. And there's an event about that book. So like the two books that I spent the summer like really thinking about and, and thinking about how I could change my lifestyle around these ideas are both being presented at your college this semester, <laughs> which I thought was just the coolest thing, you know, for as a student to have that experience. But anyway, so when Sue was here, she came and gave a, a special talk to the printmaking class. And Alex, I said, Alex, you got to come to this. You know, if Sue had such an impact on you, you got to spend some time with her. And so we're down in the print studio and there's probably about 15 of us and talking about some heavy, heavy stuff, you know, and and uh, and Sue looks over and sees Alex kind of hanging on her words and looking a little bit, maybe a little bit devastated. Mm-hmm. And Sue comes over and gives her a hug and says, don't worry, it's all going to be all right it's going to be all right because we keep, we keep pushing, you know, we keep fighting the good fight kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just remember Alex turning to me and just like, like standing there kind of in a daze and just said, it's going to be all right. She told me it's going to be all right. Wow. <laughs> anyway, I just thought it was, it was so cool. Like think about that as a student, like you spend the summer reading this book and you're like, wow, this is making a huge impact on my life. Fast forward a month. <laughs> You know, and, and here's this person <laughs> and they've just embraced you and right. told you that it's going to be okay. You know, That's that amazing. there's all of these horrible things going on in the world, but there's also so many wonderful people, you know, addressing those horrible things and trying to change them. And so you've got to find hope in that too. Yeah. And things are going to be okay. Yeah. Anyway, I just loved it. I love <laughs> that whole, that whole scenario. I thought it was magical. <laughs> But that is another student, anyway, who I, who who has continued to make you know activist uh, artwork. And Alex is a, is a chemistry student, but is still you know hanging out with the uh, is always over in the art building. I can always count on uh, Alex's presence in the gallery. So appreciate nice. that. Well, Matt, we're coming up on half an hour, and I very much would like to have you back on the podcast again because we have been touching to your social justice activism and intersectionality <laughs> and all that. So there's so much more to talk about. So I don't want to open up that bag of gummy worms this late in the show, and we wanted to start for us <laughs> some other time. But before um, we sign off, is there any final words or thoughts you'd like to impart to our listeners? Well, you know, I think maybe this could be a segue to the next time we talk to talking about the social justice issues, because I think there's, you know, the big connection is for me that when we when when you're looking at human suffering and when humans are incredibly horribly abusive to other humans, one of the things that they do to lay the groundwork for that is they start describing them as animals and talking about them as animals. And, you know, if you care about how people are treated, you should really care about how animals are treated because it is like the preview 
to what people are going to do to people. If you're willing to brutalize an animal, it is, it is you, it, it's like laying the groundwork for brutalizing other people. And the people who do the brutalizing, you know, often are those who are brutalized. Those who work in animal agriculture industry are themselves treated so horribly and, and, and marginalized. And so that, that brutality, I think, comes more easily to them. I think it's all very intentional. But I think we have to consider that if you care about people, you care about brutality in general and human rights, you should really care about animal rights. These things are connected. And we'll Wilson. leave that there and have that be the teaser for the next time you're on the yes. podcast. Thank you so awesome. much for being on. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We'll definitely have you back on ASAP. Oh, cool. <laughs> awesome. Well, nice talking to you guys. Yeah, likewise. If somebody wants to get in contact with you or find out more, how can they look you up or get a hold of you? Well, I, this is, unfortunately, I can't really say this. Normally, I'd say, come find me in the gallery. And it's my mm. way of, like, luring people to New York College Galleries. It's off limits at the moment because right. of COVID. So right. uh, rather than come find me, actually, you can find me at Market View sometimes. That's still open to the public. But you can also um, reach me through email at mclayrob at ycp.edu or um, communicate. Actually, another way is look up York College Galleries on Instagram and Facebook and reach me through there, which uh, I would be thrilled to have to have folks find me that way because it shows that they're looking at the work that I'm doing through the college, which is really important to me. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely get you back on so we can talk more about our uh, topics. Awesome. I appreciate it. Awesome. And if well, you... thank you. And th- and thanks. I'm so happy to hear that you have a couple prints of mine. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's always, you know, a little thrilling to hear that that something you've made is being enjoyed by somebody else. At know? least twice a day in my kitchen. They're hanging right there. That's, so as I'm eating, I'm so looking cool. at them. That's awesome. That's that's great. Anyone out there wants to get a hold of us for the podcast, our email is bekindpodcast at gmail.com. So thank you, everyone, and thank you for listening. Have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening to the Be Kind Podcast. Presented by the Animal Advocates of South Central Pennsylvania.